Are you applying to dental school and need some advice on how to get in? Stay tuned as we talk to an assistant dean for admissions and recruitment and what they're looking for to get into dental school. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Darwin, the new dentist coach, with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the New Dentist Podcast Show, where we talk about getting into dental school, surviving dental school, getting into residency, and then life as a new dentist. Be sure you guys are subscribing to my YouTube channel, Dr. Darwin Speaks. Hit the notifications button so that you're notified and you know when new videos are, are posted on a weekly basis. Don't want you guys to miss these helpful videos. Today, we're going to be talking to an assistant dean uh, at, a, at a prominent dental school who's going to give us and share some information about getting into uh, dental school. That's going to be real helpful. We're going to be talking about his role uh, in admissions, talk about the many different parts of the admissions, the prerequisites, the DATs, shadowing, uh, what to expect as far as interviewing. He's also going to share some projects that the school is, is, is uh, committed to and as it relates to the curriculum. And you're also going to get some type, some tips, I'm sorry, some tips. You're going to get some inside tips on how to get into dental school. Um, stay tuned throughout the whole entire video. I don't want you guys missing. Take some notes, get your pen, get your paper out, and get ready to rock and roll. Uh, first, I want to introduce uh, Lamont. Lowry, who's who's here to join us. Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. Enjoying it. Enjoying it. Well, we, we enjoy the fact that you're here and that you're available to kind of share and give us some inside track. There's a lot of people applying to dental school and, and even now during COVID, with, with there being some changes, people are even more uh, flustered and trying to figure out what's happening. So uh, we appreciate you sharing some time with us today and about this important topic. Uh, before we get started, let's hear a little bit more about yourself so uh, people know who they're getting all this good information from. Yeah, so again, my name is Lamont Lowry. I'm the, the assistant associate dean, excuse me, the assistant dean for student in recruitment and engagement at UNC Chapel Hill Adams School of Dentistry. So I've um, been there probably a little over two months now. Um, prior to that, I was at East Carolina University School of Dental Medicine for 10 years. So certainly um, I have, I'm not no stranger to admissions, no stranger to recruitment, no stranger to the struggles that um, prospective students have as they prepare to get into dental school and the, the process they go through, no stranger to current dental students in dental school either. My wife's a dentist, so certainly no stranger to practicing dentists either. So know all of those things and um, certainly I'm, I'm glad I'm having the opportunity to lend my my voice and if I can help someone out, certainly welcome to do that. Yeah, man, well, you are definitely the leading authority in, in dental admissions for the state of North Carolina. So, uh, you know, we're glad that you're here, man. So let's dive in because I know people are listening and people are anxious. So uh, I, I wanna talk a little bit more. First question will be about your role. Kind of share with us a little bit more about your role because it's different than what you were doing before, but similar. And then it's also unique to what's happening in the landscape uh, uh, of dentistry, at least in the state of, of North Carolina at, at UNC. So can you share a little bit more about some more details about your role? Yeah, abs absolutely. Um, so student and engage recruitment and engagement. The recruitment piece is, no, I'm no stranger, that's something I did in my um, past role, but 
with that recruitment that we're doing path um, pathways for students. Um, so my whole philosophy and thought process is that recruitment has to begin at the junior high, high school level, even possibly even the elementary level. Um, um, so what we're doing is going to be developing programming that will do exactly that. And that's one of the reasons why I was brought into this position is to develop some programming for that very thing. It is, it is not that we give up on our current college pool, but we have to understand that exposure has to happen much earlier than that for people to be interested in dentistry. So my role is to develop and work with community partners to be able to develop those types of programs um, from a recruitment standpoint. The engagement, I will be engaging with the students, um, current dental students um, on a diversity level with not just diversity programs because diversity is so much more than just programming and events, but certainly we'll have a diversity excellence and inclusion office um, in the space as well. And so students will be able to come, not just students, either staff and faculty will be able to come and talk to us about different things, different ideas. Um, if there are issues with diversity or what have you, or inclusion, inclusiveness, you know, whatever things are going on in the school will have, will be there as well. So I'll sort of be split into two areas. I will be in admissions, working with the admissions people there, um, serving on the admissions committee, but I also will be working diversity, excellence and inclusion. That's amazing, man. It's definitely needed, especially during this time. Absolutely. Um, and it's even more important. So um, that's great. Um, and remind me to get us linked up. We have a, a Brothers in Dentistry group. Uh, and one of the foundational things that we want to do is that recruitment at the ages back in elementary school, right? To, okay, to give, yes. give them that exposure and to uh, make sure people are uh, those kids can see that they can be uh, a physician, they can be a dentist, they can be a pharmacist, they can be whatever they want to be in the in the healthcare uh, profession. Yeah. So I, I think that's key, and I definitely would want us to link up because um, I'm sure there's some some folks there and, and right there in North Carolina that can partner up with you and the school uh, to do that. So that's so that's absolutely. Key. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's more than just that. You know if for me, if they don't go to dental school, then okay. But if they do something, you know, that, and that's the position that schools have and institutions have to take right now. You have to, you have to understand not everybody's going to go to your school. Everybody can't go to your school. Mm -hmm. But if we propel people to go on and further their education and further their lives and be productive members of society, then we've succeeded. And that's the goal I take. That's the goal I've always taken or the position I've always taken. And so that's where I stand with it. So we hope they go into dental, to dentistry if they want to go into dentistry. But if not, and they move on with life and do something else, that's great. Yeah, I think the, the key is, is having that option or having more options on the table that they may not have been aware uh, yes. initially, so that's good. So now we're talking about options of getting into dental school. We, now let's focus on those that already decided, I want to become a dentist. But before yes. you become a dentist, you got to go to school. Before you go to school, you got to apply. So let's talk a little bit about admissions now, uh, and more specifically about admissions at UNC. Because for those of you listening and watching, admissions it's different at different at, 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 at different schools as yep. far as the prerequisites, DATs, other types of uh, supplemental things that some schools may ask you that other schools may not. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So prerequisites. Yeah. Pre overview. 
Yeah, prerequisites are very sim, sim, are similar at schools, and certainly there are resources out there that can give you exact where you can compare school A and school B. But um, at, at UNC, we require that you have the general biology and or zoology, you know, two lectures of that, as well as the labs, the chemistry, um, general chemistry and the labs. Um, that's two semesters of that. Organic chemistry, two semesters and the labs as well. Um, biochemistry um, is required, um, and lab is not required, but the biochemistry is. I certainly encourage you to take the lab if you take the class, um, as well as physics. Um, there's two semesters of that, and English, um, two semesters of that. Now, down the road, some of those things may change, but right now, those are the requirements that, that we have right now as far as classes. Um, certainly have to have your letters of recommendation as well. Um, I would encourage you to certainly have a letter of recommendation from a dentist. Um, that's a requirement that we have. Um, and then from your, ma um, from your major. So we require three, three letters of recommendation um, from your major, from a dental practitioner, and just a prof science professional. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That sounds so, good. Yeah. So those are the letters. Certainly um, DAT scores, you know, you got to have DAT scores for most schools, right? I would say, and this may roll past one of the other questions, but as far as with DATs, um, as, as is concerned, um, this year, UNC is not requiring that you have DAT uh -oh. scores. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait yeah. a minute. Say that yeah. again. Say e that ease again. up on it. Ease up. <laughs> yeah. So certainly not requiring that you have DAT scores if you're wanting to apply to UNC Chapel Hill. However, if you have DAT scores that are already present from a previous take or what have you, we will factor those into the decision as to whether or not to interview you or to admit you. Now, if you haven't taken a DAT and you just heard me say this, then what it sounds like then, if you decide not to take the DAT, you're putting all of your eggs in one basket. And I don't recommend you do that because I haven't heard of any other school not accepting or not requiring the DAT this year. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you plan to take the DAT, just understand that, okay, I have some time. UNC Chapel Hill is going to review my application and they may very well invite me for an interview without DAT scores on the books. But I would encourage you to go ahead and set a date to take the DAT, prepare well to take the DAT and to perform well and take the DAT. But so, we do you know, not require. So that, so that kind of leads into a couple other questions about the DAT because, you know, you'll have some people that are here what you're saying. And like you said, uh, don't put all eggs in one basket because there's three schools or four schools that say we don't need DAT. Um, let me ask you this. Are you aware of any schools or the thought behind uh, getting an interview without a DAT, but then you've indicated that the school, I mean, the, uh, the, the student has indicated or the, or the candidate has indicated that they are planning on taking it and you think the school is are going to want to see those scores and then retro their decision about admitting? I, I would, if you're planning to take the DAT and you tell a school or indicate on your application that you're planning to take the DAT, then more than likely a school may decide to wait on a decision on your application until they receive the DATs. They may very well interview you, but they may decide, wait to decide whether or not to admit you or not until they see DAT scores. And I certainly encourage you, if you say you're gonna do X, then you follow through with X. That goes for classes in the spring or what have you. Don't, and you already got my admission letter, but your admissions letter may very well be um, contingent upon making sure that you take that class and successfully um, follow through with it. So. Yeah, so it, 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 it wouldn't be any different than if you were taking classes or registered to take classes for the fall semester or the spring semester that count towards your prerequisites. 
you get an interview, get an admissions letter, and this letter says contingent on X, Y, and Z. So yes, it could be the same thing for the DAT as well. That's correct. And so I would, I would encourage, and again, if you don't, if you don't plan to take the DAT, um, again, I don't know how many schools will not require the DAT um, th this year. Again, that, that each school, as you said, they have their own set of requirements. So it's important that you investigate those schools as well. But I would not bank on, okay, UNC is not going to require the DAT, so I'm, I'm not going to take it. That is not the approach that I would take. Matter of fact, it, in the state of North Carolina, there are two school dental schools. You're crazy if you don't apply to both of them. Everybody can't go to UNC, right? And and so so I would certainly apply to more than one school. If, and other schools are requiring the DAT, so you want to take the DAT. So just but just understand that because of COVID concerns and so forth, we are not requiring the DAT because of the impact that it's had. Right, right. So those are your listening. This is why you got to take notes if you have to push pause, go back, and listen to what we're saying. Um, but I think the overall consensus is, you know, you may, you should certainly still consider taking the DAT, even though some schools may not have it as a requirement for this year. Um, but there may be other schools that do. So you, you, you definitely want to keep your, your eggs and your options open um, across the board for all, all 67 schools. So that's, that's key. That's key. Um, as far as DAT, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about how COVID has impacted DAT. What about some basic guidelines that you all are looking at um, as far as academic averages, yeah. DAT, uh, and other pertinent scores for the, for the DAT that you guys are looking at? Yeah, so the average um, last year was um, around 24s on the DAT. That, that was the average, which is maybe not necessarily be the normal, but that was the average um, across the board. Certainly there are people that may have averages of 19s and 20s that are in, that are in the school, no question about it. And nothing's wrong with 19s and 20s. Just a couple of years ago, 18s were the acceptable. You know, so it continues to creep up and up, but understand that that was the average of um, all of the students who are matriculated in this past year, excuse me, in August. So, um, so yeah, so with the DAT though, you want to make, make sure that you're Scoring around 20s is pretty strong, I think, for most, most schools. Now, I understand that you got to know the schools you're applying to as well. Um, it's not just about the DAT, though. And, and so there's, there's got to be a total package. And if people apply to schools that say they do a holistic review of your application, then hold the schools to that. Hold them to you, review my application in whole, you know, not just about the DATs, but it's important for you to make sure you're strong in other areas. And that goes to the people who may be not planning to take the DAT. You need to make sure that your application is strong, not just your GPA, but your, your service, your volunteering, your, um, you have a commitment to the service. You, your whole application speaks volumes about why you want to be a dentist. And that's important, um, whether you have high DAT scores or not. High DAT scores does not mean automatic admission to schools. Right. It definitely will get you in a better uh, conversation and another step towards getting in. But like you said, it's, it's a holistic approach, especially those schools that uh, implement that type of approach. And also keep in mind for those of you that are thinking, okay, no DAT, I'm good. Well, right. if other parts of your application ain't good or maybe average, if that GPA is you know, a little bit lower than a three or three, one, three, two. Uh, and, you know, that's the, you know, kind of one of the measuring uh, uh, tools for, for admissions. You, you, 
that GPA has got to be probably a little bit higher, much stronger uh, to help balance you not having a, a DAT score. So I think that's something to think about too, you guys that are, that are considering not taking the DAT um, for whatever reason. So I think keep that in mind as well, right? Yeah, you should be able to, we should be able to extrapolate from the rest of your application what your scores might have been on the DAT. Mm -hmm. and, and you want that to be in the positive. Right, right. Let's continue with the prerequisite shadowing in community service. What's, what's UNC's standpoint and um, benchmarks for, for those types of uh, hours and experiences? Yeah, no, no set of hours for shadowing. Um, sh you know if you've had good shadowing, right? You know if you've had good quality shadowing. So I would, I would don't show up with three hours and, and say you're ready for dental school. You know what I'm saying? But, I, but somewhere close to that, 75 to 100, I think you can, you can get some good shadowing hours. And certainly don't have all of your shadowing with one dentist or uh, my uncle Bob, that's the dentist, that type of thing. You know, have a, I always tell people to make sure that you're well-rounded and have a diverse shadowing experience. And what I mean by that is shadow in an urban area, shadow in a rural area, shadow a small practice, shadow a large practice with multiple docs, you know, shadow a male doc, female doc. You know, all of those are going to have different perspectives in their approach to dentistry. And it's important that people who want to be in healthcare and work with a diverse population have a diverse experience. And so, so having that, so we don't have a set number of shadowing hours, but you know, when you've gotten enough shadowing, you know, you want to make sure that this is the thing you want to do for the rest of your life. Right. So you want to make sure that you've um, experienced enough of it. So that's shadowing, um, volunteering. Yeah. You have uh, healthcare service, right? You want to make sure that you're committed to service, not just as you approach the application, but all you have a track record of service. So it's important that you start taking, if you're freshmen, juniors or sophomores, you know, that you're taking notes right now of these volunteer opportunities, these things that you're having. So that you keep a track record of them so that you can put them on your application. It's vital, vitally important when, you see schools talk about a holistic review of the application. Think about, I didn't take my DAT, I'm applying to UNC. My GPA is, mm, but I didn't do any volunteering, didn't do any shadowing, that type of thing. Well, I got three hours, right? It's, that's not a strong application. So you want to make sure that there's no way in the world I cannot admit you or I cannot give you um, an interview. And so, but again, that service has to come from your heart. There has to be a track record of that, not just for application. I read applications all the time and I can tell when people started doing service, you know, when they got ready to start applying and some of the services superficial, you know, uh, I, fraternities and sororities, they often do service work, right? They're going to do that whether you're there or not. Find opportunities to do service work where if I don't show up to play bingo with this lady in the nursing home, then it may not come to come, you know, then somebody may not do that, right? It wouldn't happen if I didn't go do that. There are multiple ways I share with people to find unique ways to do things. Um, there are mothers and fathers in nursing homes and retirement centers, you know, on Father's Day, why not write some cards to them? Maybe they want to send a card to their child for their birthday or something. Think about things that will make you jump off the page a little bit. That's good. That's good. I like that. You're know? listening. Write this down. Write this down. Yeah. This is how you stand out. And it's very difficult now with COVID, of course, to interact with people, you know, and so that's been a little more challenging of, of ways to do things. But as I tell people, hopefully you didn't just wait to this moment in time to start doing service. And if you did, then 
that's sort of where you are, right? And you have to figure out, okay, how can I do some virtual service? But, you know, but if you've been doing service all along, if you're a freshman or sophomore, things will get better with COVID. So we'll have opportunity to go back and hug people and high five them, that type of thing. So when we're able to do that, think about things that make you jump off the page. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys, you're getting some value here. Make sure you take these notes down. And uh, wow, that's, that, that's good. That's some good tips with regards to community service. All right, let's talk about the next phase, which is interviews, which we know is definitely have been, is gonna be impacted this year due to COVID. Um, can you share with us a little bit about how UNC is, is, is planning on doing the interviews and what people will probably expect as far as interview lineup and the, and the, and the period of time that will be given for those interviews? Yeah, so there won't be any face-to-face um, -face interviews as in the past, of course, with COVID. So we will all be virtual um, through Zoom. Um, there will be two interviews separately, one-on-one -on -one with admissions committee members and then an interview with um, our students. And then there's, I think, a time later on to chat with the students as well um, through Zoom. Again, these are the sort of the con constraints that COVID has put on not just our school, but most schools. Um, but we're still looking to make it an enjoyable experience for you. There's a virtual tour and, and some different kind of videos to get you that similar feel the best we can um, to actually physically being there on, school, on the school grounds. We know nothing can take the place of a physical presence on interview day being at the school, but we're certainly going to try to do that through Zoom. And there are certainly ways to do that. And we've um, explored many ways. And we think that some of the things we have set up and the things we're continuing to develop to do will um will give you that experience so we think think you'll be able to still put your um, leg front your um, best leg forward but it's important that you also remember that during virtual interviews that you're in you know that you're taking care of your environment as to where you're doing your interview making sure that the background is not distracting um you're in a quiet place that your phone is off that you're sitting up straight that you're still suited and booted um if you're suited and booted just from shoulders to waist and make sure you don't stand up during your interview type of thing um you know etiquette is still important I and mean, it's an interview it's an interview so you know you want to make sure that you're um that you're at your best and so don't don't take it for granted that it's a virtual interview that they're not going to count the fact that my mom walked in and dropped some dirty clothes off behind me or anything like that hey mom i'm in interviews right now can't doors locked type of thing that's the kind um, that's the approach you need to take it um and i'm not saying that you can't have fun and you know and be yourself but certainly understand this is an important step into the next um journey on your um career and practice yes yes this just like you guys are watching us and listening to us right now you need to practice it and look and see what you look like virtually and what the other people on, you know, what the interview committee is looking at when you are talking and moving. Same thing applies as is virtual. You know, you wanna make sure that, you, you know, you don't have your arms folded. You wanna make sure that you're looking into the camera and not kind of looking down or looking away and talk, you, same thing applies. So you have to practice that. And everyone's got, you know, got one of these and you've got a laptop and computer with the cameras so you can practice all day long record yourself so that you see what others see and uh that'll help you come across doing the virtual interview um very strong and confident but you got to practice yep right and your attire still should be professional it still should be professional don't slouch on that 
at right. all. And when I say professional, I don't mean just get dressed up like you're going out for a night on the town. No, it's professional. You know what professional is? If you don't just say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to African-American church on Sunday. What should I wear? I should be suited and booted type of thing. That's right. Right. Just take and, that in. And for, uh, for you guys that are listening and watching also, I want to make reference to uh, ADIA, uh, the yes. American uh, Dental Education Association. They have a do's and don'ts for virtual interviews. Um, I'm going to put that link. Oh, there it is. Link, there it is right there. You can go to that link and get some more information. Uh, I know the folks at ADIA that we've both been working with over the years uh, put together some good res uh, that good resource. So be sure to, uh, to check that out to kind of give you some help and some do's and don'ts. Uh, about virtual interviews. All right, so we've talked about the prerequisites. We've talked about the interview preparation. Let's talk a little bit more now about some tips and some advice. Um, yeah. you're, you're, you've been doing this for more than just uh, a couple of months. Yes. You've been doing this for <laughs> close to 10 years, and if not more. Yeah. So you've seen A to B, you've opened up, you've been part of a, a new dental school, you've been are uh, now part of a, uh, an existing school that is, has expanded um, uh, in some roles in different ways. So knowing what you know now and all mm -hmm. your experiences, what, what are some tips and some must-dos that pre-dentals should consider when, when applying to, to dental school, whether it's UNC or just, you know, overall? Yeah, the, the the biggest pet peeve for me and the biggest, so the biggest thing I would encourage um, prospective students to do is know the mission of the schools you're applying to. It, it, is, it is unforgivable for you not to know the mission of the school that you're applying to. And I understand if some people apply to 16 different schools and what have you, but if you get an interview, you better know the mission of that school and how it applies to you, your life, and practicing dentists. Um, that, that's vitally important. If there are things on the website that you should know, that you can read, don't ask those questions like, oh, uh, how many students do you take a year? You should know that because it's on every school's website, right? And then you might say, oh, considering, considering COVID, or do you ever think you'll take more than 80 students or what have you know, you might follow up with a question like that. But if there are certain things on websites, do not ask those questions. They're considered questions that you should know the answer to. Now, certainly you don't know who you'll be interviewing with, but it might might behoove you to, to peruse the um, website just a little bit to see exactly what you know what things are happening who's doing what kind of research there you never know you might be in a room with that person if you do you do you, do you think if pre-dents get interviews you think is it appropriate to to ask for for them to ask hey thanks for the interview just wanted to you know know a little bit more about the the folks who are going to be interviewing is it you think it's okay to ask you know who will i be interviewing with I think it's okay to ask, um, will it be a group interview or one-on-one -on -one if it's not explicitly on the website? I would not ask who I will be interviewing with. Once you see them and talk with them, you might ask them for their contact so you can follow up with a thank you email or, or card, but I would not ask prior to that it, um, because some things, it can feel like you're trying to game that interview system a little bit. Oh, please give me Dr. Johnson. Please give me Dr. Johnson. You know, that type of thing. So, so I would encourage that, um, that you not ask that. Um, 
but but the, but those two are biggies for me. Um, you know, be yourself in the interview. Don't try to be or answer the question the way you think we want to hear it. Um, simply answer the question. And if you don't have a good, solid answer to that, then, you know, I mean, there are all kinds of interview tricks, but I would, quite honestly, in professional school, I would not try to trick me into believing that you understand what I'm asking. I'm just simply say, I'm not aware of that, or, or I'll have to get back to you on that, or can I get back to you on that? And then follow up on that, you know, with an email, follow up on the answer to that. So, um, you know, virtual, like I said, virtual interviews are going to be a little different, but it, because you're not physically going to be there, but everyone you come in contact with, every communication with the school, if you happen to visit a school, if they have, you know, a, a actual on-site tour or whatever the case is, the person outside sweeping up the trash, it, you make sure that your contact with them is professional. If it is not professional, it will get back to the admissions committee and it does not bode well for you. So again, you are just because you're going to dental school and will become a dentist does not make you better than the next person sitting on that row at the, at the laundromat to wash their clothes or what have you. Make certain that you respect everybody you come in contact with. That, start practicing that now. That, that's how we hope that everyone lives the life in respecting others. That's right. That's good, man. So you guys heard it first. Some insider tips and advice um, from, from Mr. Lowry here. He, that, that's some good stuff. Write it down. Remember, practice it now. Know the mission. Know the information on the website. Be yourself and maintain professionalism at all times with everyone. With everyone. That sounds good, man. Uh, I think another thing that people need to know, as it, especially as it pertains to specifically to uh, UNC Adams, is um, any, any projects you guys are working on. I know a yes. lot of schools have changed things because of COVID or changed things because of accreditation. Can you, uh, what, what projects are, are happening that affect incoming dental students right now? Yeah, so I, one in particular, which I, I alluded to with um, you know, COVID's impact with um, current students at school now, the whole experience is a little different with COVID, right? So what we're actually doing is we're actually bringing groups on at a time that will actually physically be in person having lecture uh, as it relates to whether they're dental hygiene students or D1 or D2 dental students, they might be in person one day and then the rest of the week they might have some virtual things. But it's not just lecture, virtual, you know, all eight hours of the day. There, there are different kinds of um, experiences um, put in there. There may be some virtual, like, some virtual um, simulation things put into place during some of these um, time frames. So it's not just lecture, 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 lecture. No one wants to attend that. But because of COVID and because of limitations on number of people in classrooms, there is blended model of virtual as well as in-person um, instruction going on. Our D3s and D4s are, are in clinic most of the time. The D4s, certainly the D3s are blended with a little bit of um, didactic virtually, but mostly in the clinic spaces. So those are some things that we have done at Adams School of Dentistry to help make you safe and, and you know, make everybody else safe as well during COVID times. We are currently working um, and sort of um, transitioning into our ACT curriculum. Our ACT, A-C-T, it stands for Advocate Clinician Thinker. Um, that is the framework of it. And, you know, because you advocate for your patients, you're, a clinic, you're providing clinical care to them. And we ask that you critically think 
while determining a course of um, care for them. So that is our curriculum. There are all kinds of um, simulated patient um, scenarios blended into this um, curriculum. And as we go over the next year and a half to two years, um, this curriculum will be fully and fully adopted and, and it will be the curriculum. Right now, we're, like I said, we're transitioning and because of COVID, it's a little longer of transition, but that is the transition that we're making. And we're not just making that because, oh, let's do a new curriculum. No, we think that it better prepares you as a oral health practitioner. That sounds good, man. So new curriculum that's being enacted and you guys basically uh, have a, basically a, a new COVID classroom, basically, that's what it sounds like and how you guys are making sure people or social distancing and keeping capacity down all while still learning and getting the, uh, the training in. So that's great. That's Absolutely. Great. And you know, that we know that, that, that are, that's the first thing on students' minds is oh, how am I going to get these requirements, if you will, and these things. And we're trying to work with students, but, but at, at the end of the day, the students have to make sure that they're doing what's, what's uh, required of them as well. So we're working with students. We're putting up plastic partitions between the simulation, um, lab, simulation stations as well as the bench lab stations, all those things um, that are, have been recommended. Now in dental care, we know, how, we know how to keep disease in the mouth from spreading. You know, we've been doing that for years. We know that better than anybody because that is our specialty in, in dentistry. So certainly we want to make sure that we're keeping our students safe too and our, um, our dentists and faculty and staff as well. Well, I tell you, man, this this time with you has been really great. I know people probably may have some other questions and, uh, you know, more specific to them as individuals. What's the best way for, for people listening and watching to uh, get in contact with you or get in contact with the school around, uh, around admissions at, at Adams? Yes, if they would just reach out to ddsadmissions at unc.edu. That's DDS admissions at unc.edu. That's the best way to get, reach out to us. Um, there are several people that will check that email. And if certainly you have questions specific for me, just simply say, I wanna ask Mr. Lowry this question and they'll forward that email or I'll see that and then I'll respond. So um, certainly if you wanna have one-on-one -on -one conversations with us and your prospective student not applying this particular cycle, email that address as well and let them know you wanna have a one-on-one -on -one consultation and I can key, do that. Key. If you email. want one-on-one, -on -one, but you're not applying to this cycle. Yes, not applying to cycle. Well, the tooth fairy will be monitoring all of those emails and sifting through the ones <laughs> yes. that's not appropriate for this. <laughs> for that's this, right. For this exactly. cycle. That's key. That's key. Hey, yeah. man, thank you so much. We Again, we congratulate you on your new position. We thank you for sharing some uh, some really good facts and some uh, inside track and, and, yes, and tips and advice about about the dental school and we wish you continued success uh for, for those of you that are watching make sure that you check out these next videos right here hopefully these are helpful as well on your journey to dental school and beyond and uh make sure you subscribe and hey man thanks so much we'll be in contact and, and thanks again yes sir thank you bye-bye